0: Hello and welcome to the MSU Comm Statewide Campus System uh, Med Ed Transformation Podcast. We are on video today, which is exciting. And I'm here with my friend, Regina Carey, who is the founder of Carry On Coaching and Consulting. She is one of our regular contributors to our wellness integration newsletter. Um, So it's always nice for our listeners to put a face to the words that they read every month. Regina, how are you?
1: Terrific. Terrific. I, you know, and I was thinking about this when I was um, getting ready after running in the door, you know, I, I woke up Uh, late this morning, my alarm went floopy and woke up late. And when that happens, you know, I know, I know a lot of us are like, Oh, it's the day is going to be a mess. I didn't get up, get to the gym, do the thing. But I was thinking about everything that I've accomplished today before noon. And I'm one of those people that really loves to check things off my list, you know, but I, I thought, even though I woke up late, I've been able to get my son off to his last day of eighth grade with a, you know, a handwritten letter in his his crafted little um, lunchbox of his favorite lunch that he wanted on his last day of school and got all the teacher's gifts delivered. I picked up the dry cleaning and and all the prescriptions. I went grocery shopping. I wrote a presentation and I managed to get back here in time for us to do our podcast. And I'm like, you know what? All before noon. All before we, noon. And we do this every day. Many of us do all these things every day and we, we never celebrate those little <laughs> those little accomplishments right. that really add up. Yeah, we, we
0: oftentimes forget, you know, we're always looking forward. Like what else do I have to do? What more, what more, what more, what more? We forget to look behind us to see how far we've traveled.
1: Yes. And I love that you brought that up because I I keep celebrating this week, three years ago, I was walking on the Camino de Santiago, and that is one of the best pieces of advice. And you receive a lot of advice when you're walking 500 miles, which I didn't walk 500. I walked 200. But when I when I was starting out, people said, stop once in a while, look behind you and see how far you've come. Because Mm -hmm. we're always, especially when you're, when you're walking over the Pyrenees mountains, you're thinking, this is only going up. We're only going up. We're always going up. There's, (laughs) there's no down. And, and there is, and then you, you, we've got to do that. We've got, it's so important in, in living through and amidst the, pandemic and every way that that has changed our lives. We know how precious time is. Mm -hmm. We know what it means to take a deep breath or to see that um, our family members are surviving this and some even thriving. And we celebrate that because we're a part of that. And those of us in the helping profession are a part of that. Other people's successes, we, um, we celebrate those. We encourage people every single day, Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing. And so we have to give ourselves some kudos, you know?
0: It is. And, you know, I I think of our medical students and our residents who are going through this journey of becoming healthcare providers. And, you know, when I I sit in on on interviews and I'm on the admissions committee and I get to to call newly admitted Uh, persons into the college, and I I often remind them, I said, you know, you are a person before you are a med student. You were someone before you got here. What is that one thing that you love to do that, that has made you who you are, that you wrote about in your letter to to get into medical school. What is it? Are you a tennis player? Are you a runner? Do you play violin? Do you play the piano? What is it that you love and make sure you do that every day? Yeah. And, and, and they, they, they latch onto that. But when I talked to them six months later, a year later, I'll, I'll ask them. I said, you know, when we, when we talked, when you first, you know, got admitted to medical school, you, you know, you were, I, I go back in my notes, you played the piano when was the last time you played? And they look at me and they say, Dr. Young, it's probably been since that week you told me to do that. And I say, why is that? Why, why do we, why do we push that? Why do we push ourselves aside?
1: Well, we, there's so many reasons, so many reasons, but you know, Deb, I love, I love how aligned we are. I mean, we haven't known each other that long, but we we certainly sing uh, from the same choir book. We are are saying the same things and I'm so happy that the message is getting to people in a variety of ways from a variety of people who care about them. And just like you talking to, to medical students, I work a lot with the veterinary students. And I will see them, I see some of them, are getting ready to talk to, um, it's sort of like, um, it's vet word bound. It's, it's, the, it's students who are looking to get into vet school uh, who may be coming in uh, with not as many opportunities as some other students uh, who want to go into vet school. And building them up and giving them language and reminding them of what they love to do. And I, too, will hear back from students when I check on them in on them and they they'll say things like, I don't know if that school is for me. This is so hard. I failed my first exam in this class. And I, too, go back and say, when is the last time you cooked a meal from scratch that you went out with your friends that you rode on a horse? You know, those three things that you said you love to do. And we've got to remember that that is that's why I call myself a passion instigator. That's we've got to know what our passions are to keep that fire mm-hmm. going. That's it's almost like the difference between, you know, when you eat something really crappy and as soon as you eat it, you regret that you ate it, you know, and then you have sluggish energy mm-hmm. the rest of the day, versus eating what you know is going to fuel your body and feeling the outcomes of that and being so happy with yourself that you chose that because now you're thinking better you're getting more done you're feeling more energized that's what those passions do for us right. we don't have to invest a lot of time right but we have to do them yeah
0: we we had those those passions we had got us to medical school right. continue those passions to get you through medical school continue those passions to get you through residency and continue those passions when you're out practicing as a physician or a faculty person or or whatever it is that you choose to do, you still have to have your passion to fuel yourself, to fuel your wellness in doing what's best in providing the care to,
1: to the community. So important because in academia, a lot, they're talking out two sides of their mouth. I never understood that phrase when I was younger. Um, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. But when we teach, preach, and publicize the need for self-care and self-compassion and taking time to do the things you love, and yet here we have models in academia, the teachers, the professors, the faculty, the administration who never take time for themselves, who have no boundaries, who are accessible all hours, all the time, mm-hmm. it's the wrong message. And so we always have an opportunity to change that, to break that pattern right, and to be better models.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's like the message that I got growing up, do as I say, not as I do. And, and we're in the, we're in this world with a lot more technology now than it was when I was growing up where we can say, Hey, hold on that, that doesn't quite make sense. You know, if you want us to listen to you and you want us to take what you're saying as the truth and, and that it works, then you need to be a model of that truth. Yes.
1: Yes, and I was just uh, listening to, um, actually it was, it was, it was a, um, a dean of an academic um, institution in, in Chicago. He's a dean of students at a, at a Catholic high school. But he was talking about how in tune the high schoolers are So we're talking those, you know, those 14, 15 year olds, up to 18 year olds who know they know, they know it when there's an injustice, they know when there's a disconnect, they know when you're not telling the full truth. And I have to wonder if they've gotten really good at that because they've been so marinated in information overload. Mm-hmm. that they, their brains have to get really good at sifting out the BS mm-hmm. and being able to identify, yeah, I align with this person. Yes, that person is real. They walk their talk. Right. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think we're growing these children who are conscious of what's going on in our world of what needs to be done of the importance of having fun and taking time. And, you know, my son is a great model for me to relax. We don't have to, I can take time to go out and play basketball before it's, you know, we go to school, but you're going to get all smelly at relax mom. It's going to help me think better today. You know, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing. Our children are great and students can be great models for faculty as well.
0: Right.
1: So what, what can we
0: do as like mentors or coaches for all levels, for re, for students, for residents, for faculty on this. You know, a lot, a lot of people come to me for for coaching. Which I, you know, knowing the true model of coaching, I never tell them what to do. They come up with their own solution of what works best for them. Um, I I model wellness and boundaries and 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 whatnot, and I think that that's why people look at me. They're like you, you haven't figured out Deb. I'm like, I don't know if I haven't figured out. (laughs) I have what works for me. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what, what, what should we be doing, Regina? I,
1: I think one of the skills that we can all get better at is listening. And as a special ed, as a special educator, because I've been doing this for over 30 years now, we have to listen for what's not being said, you know, and I listen to people talk about their lives, about their relationships, about uh, the beliefs about what they can do in school and in their professional life. And so many people are saying words like, can't, I can't do this. I don't get these grades. I won't ever be, you know, all the N apostrophe T's. So in my work, I do, a lot of, I, I do a lot of blowing up of the words, like I, we blow those right out of the water. And I want to hear what people can do, what they intend, what they believe, what they desire for their lives. Mm-hmm. And while it's important to listen and validate because it's important to say, yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. Could you think about it in this way? You know, just like I, when I took this paper out and I said, oh, there's bumps in it because it's been sitting in a box and it's, but I love that because look at, look how far you've come. You've come over these, over these bumps, this roller coaster that is life. And, you know, when we're in professional school, when we're in grad school, whether we're teaching or going through it, there are expectations. There are hoops that we have to jump through. And the beautiful and horrible thing about academia is it's like you have this path Mm -hmm. and people are always telling you what you need to do next to stay on the path or to veer off and go on that. But there's a there's a prescription. Well, there's not that for life. So it's this beautiful. It's the beautiful knowing. And then also building the resiliency muscle of riding the roller coaster through it because life doesn't stop because you're in school. The babies are gonna be born. People are gonna die. People are gonna get married. People are gonna get divorced. Relationships are gonna start. They're gonna stop. Car accidents are gonna happen. Illness is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. All of the things. And so we can listen and encourage, remind them of their why just like you'd said, remind them of the things they love to do. Exactly.
0: You know, I, I love that you, you said, you know, about breaking down the words or blowing up the words of like the I can't. And it reminded me of something that I, I do with my children because I don't accept that as an answer at home. And I think I'm going to not accept I can't from anybody else going forward. So watch out world because it's okay. like I can't yet because you don't you may not have the tools to do it but right. just to say i can't is already you know you're stopped in the road you're you're not going to move forward you can't yet so what do you need to do now so that you
1: can yeah and i think in michigan we have a we have an absolute duty to embrace that henry ford quote i think it was henry ford right you think you can you think you can't you're correct right Yes. Right. So, but again, go back to this, look how far you've got. What can you do? Yeah. I mean, not, not all of it, but some of it. Yeah.
0: What, what, what's the next thing you need to do so that you can move one step closer to can.
1: Yeah. I love that next steps. This is my whole, this is my whole thing. I I don't, we don't walk backwards. We're taking the next step. What's the next step. Mm -hmm. And it just a little bit a little bit, you know, the difference, somebody was just saying on a webinar yesterday, the difference between boiling water when it is not, and when it is, is one degree. So let's go that one degree. Yeah. I know, like
0: for me, um, one question that I always got is, you know, like, how do you set up your boundaries or, or Deb, how do you know when, when you're well, and for me, it's never that life balance. Like, I don't like, you know, what's yeah. your work-life balance like that, that just that, that doesn't set well with me because there's never one part of your life. That nothing's going to be balanced. You're not on this teeter-totter of this balanced yeah. world where work takes 50% and home life takes 50% and everybody lives in harmony. One area of your life always needs more attention than the other. Yeah, Something's always going to be And so for, for me, and again, this works for me, and I'd love to hear what works for you is every three months I do like a litmus test. I I reflect back on the previous three months and I said, you know, how balanced was it? How balanced was work in life? You know, how many business trips did I go on? How many, how many, uh, mornings to school did I have to miss? How many after school events did I have to miss? You know, what, you know, where did Hmm. I have good balance? And I'll tell you, there's been times where it hasn't, where I was like, oh my goodness, I missed a lot of things. Right. And so I sit down and I kind of reevaluate and I was like, what can I move around? What can I adjust so that I can over three month time? It's about 50, 50. That's That's, what works for me. That's really good. And I've been doing that for probably seven years now where every three months I assess, we make adjustments and, and we move forward. I'll tell you when the pandemic happened, my whole thing blew up. Everything was, I'm not going to lie though. I miss when everything stopped. I do too. I like, I had so much more time at home with my family. We did more family activities. We bonded. We, you know, we made adjustments to you know, electronic use, because they were doing now electronics at school and and whatnot, but and now all of a sudden everything's coming back and I'm like, I don't know how to do all this again. But I also, I wanted to hear about you about this balance thing. So,
1: well, I'll, I'll, I'll see that, but I want to make a comment about what you just said. The, I, I spoke to a client yesterday who just got COVID for the first time and said, this is very reminiscent of very, the very beginning of a a pandemic. I can't go anywhere. It feels really good. Okay. So for most of us, and I I can confidently say this, I think for most of us, slowing down was a lovely thing. Mm -hmm. Being able to say, not even having any social opportunities flying at us to say no, because people, oh, grapple with the do I go? Do I not? We didn't even have the choice. It's like, you know, that's canceled. They're not doing that. So how did that feel? We need to remember that feeling just like the way you evaluate quarterly. What did I do? How did that feel? What am I going to do moving forward? We've got to keep doing that. We, we have to. I love that we said this right off the bat because we keep going back to it. You see how that works? That's why I love <laughs> Post-its. I want to get 3M to sponsor me at some level. Anyway, but look how far you've come. You've come a long way. You've made decisions based on that experience. But when we go backwards, when we flip back into behaviors that we knew were not good for us or we're not good for our family or we're not good in our, on our bodies... We've got to remember and turn around. I, my guess is we do it quicker. My guess is when we notice we're able to auto, auto correct, do those little micro corrections faster than before. I, too, not one to use the word balance, but I did read something that said true balance is when you do what you say you're going to do when it comes to yourself. So when you have, this is is where true balance lies, is in personal integrity. Mm. In saying, I'm going to take the afternoon off to spend time with my family, and you do it. To say, I'm going to sign up for piano lessons to to reteach my fingers how to work on the keyboard again, and doing it. That's where balance lies, when you know in mind, body, spirit, you are aligned, that you are doing what you love, that you know what you value, that you're practicing it. In this entire two and a half years or however long we've been doing this, I have taken one day, because I did get COVID and it was a little cold, but I took a day in bed, one day in bed, the rest of the time I've been showing up. I've been taking care of family. I've been getting people healthy. I've mm-hmm. had I've had it all around me and I've had all of the ups and downs, the bumps, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. but I'm here Deb because I practice what I teach. I take care of myself. I'm aligned and I feel more in balance at this stage of my life than I've ever been. And that's a beautiful thing. Every day you have a choice. Am I gonna do what I intend to do today? Am I gonna be who I wanna be in the world today?
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I remind um, you know, our, our residents and our faculty and our students, I go, wellness is not attending a one-day workshop. Wellness is not reading our wellness newsletter. Wellness isn't being on the podcast today. or listening to the podcast in the future. Wellness is something that we do every day for ourselves Mm -hmm. and deciding what that looks like. I, you know, I, I journal every day and I, I pick, you know, three, three to four things that are like my, my must of the day. Doesn't matter what my work to do list is, but what's my must of the day. My must of the day is that I drink 64 ounces of water that I do some type of physical activity, whether that's Peloton or walking. And my, my, my must of the the week this week that it's been so far every day is that I'm in bed between nine and 10. Yes. Th- those are my must. Those are the things that I am well, if I do those.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I, and identify. Have- but I identify that sometimes the night before I look at what my day, the next day looks like. And I was like, what can I possibly fit in? What can I do? What what is going to bring peace to my day? So at the end of the day, I am proud of my day, and it's not proud that I knocked off 15 things off my to-do list or finished a home rem- uh, renovation project or you know did a big presentation. The, those aren't the things that make me well. Those are that those are my job. Those are you know what I what I have to do. But what what is for me?
1: Yeah, right, because when you do those things, you show up so much bigger in your life. And, you know, the, the. think about it like this, when we create, you know, when people, people create habits, I mean, and the, I think those morning habits are really important. And even if I get up late, I still do my meditation, I still do my writing, I still do my reading, I still do my movement, I make it work. When we can count on those things, because our body doesn't know. Like we wouldn't leave the house without brushing our teeth. Or, well, maybe these days with the mask, but brushing our teeth or you know using deodorant or cleaning our. But what we there are certain no excuse habits. Like we mm-hmm. would never go out. Like, and it feel it should feel the same way. Really, I mean, I don't mean to shoot on anybody, but it ought to feel the that way about our habits, our routines. When we do those, we're better off as a result. And it takes less effort. Like it takes so much attention to kind of wake up and just move about your day, trying to figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm.
0: It it takes more time to talk yourself out of doing something than just doing it.
1: I love it. (laughs) That's it's like, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Am I saying that right? I've got to be careful because I've got, I'm talking to medical people here, but yeah. Same thing takes yeah. longer to talk yourself out. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, how, how many times, you know, probably thousands of times for me in, in the past, but now that it's part of my routine and and the, my wellness has come to the forefront of my life um, as I got older. Um, but like how many times have I been like, Oh, I should go to the gym. I really
1: don't want to go to the gym, but I need to go to the gym, but I don't want to go by then I could already be at the gym. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Do it. Next step. Yes, you do. You, it, you've got all these emotions, all these feels about it and put your shoes on, go start the car, have an accountability. I mean, if you're meeting somebody at the gym, you sure fires, good. you're going to get there, right? Get a buddy yeah. in life, you know, and I will. And, and as we wrap up, I, I want people to remember this, all the icky stuff feeling bad, imposter syndrome, um, sadness, anger, loneliness, all that ick. It, it is fueled by isolation. It, it, it grows like mold in isolation. So connect with people. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling in any way that is keeping you from wellness, connect with somebody reach out, message one of us. We are here. I will be ready with my post-it paper. Yeah. We can do this. But alone, so much more difficult. I agree.
0: Yeah. All right, Regina. Thank you so much. That was like the quickest half hour that we've ever had.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, I love talking with you, Deb. You are doing great work. Thank you for being a light in the world, for shining it, and for you know, not taking no for an answer. We can be healthy. We can be well.
0: We can. And we will. Amen. All right. Thank you. Make it a
1: strong day.
0: Yep.